0: Welcome to the p Vine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee.
1: Well, let me say great job to our praise team. Man, I love, love those two songs today and so appropriate for the time in which we are in. Now, I normally at this time say, take your Bibles and turn to, and I'm going to do something a little differently today. I'll I'll explain that in just a moment, but just hang with me as I'm going to use a lot of Bible verses today. It is Mother's Day. And typically, if you come to our church on Mother's Day, you know, I don't preach a sermon just to mothers. I usually preach a family sermon that mothers would appreciate. And I'm gonna do something a little bit like that today. The title of my sermon today is Connection Reflection. We, we've been talking about um, how to connect. We start off connecting with God, and then we kind of morphed into connecting with others. And today, I want to talk about connecting with others, and I'm going to approach it a different way. Before I do that, let's talk about Mother's Day. Let me me give you some interesting facts about Mother's Day. Number one, we find out what do moms want for Mother's Day? Well, I found this interesting uh, statistic that said 31% of moms say they pretend to like their Mother's Day gift. So moms, for a third of you, we do appreciate you faking it for us, all right? Two out of three moms say they'd rather get a gift that benefits someone else than flowers or a card for themselves. That's awesome, mothers. What, what men think moms most want for Mother's Day, we think flowers. But what, what, what moms across major Europe cities actually say they want is a gift card to their favorite store, quality time with family, or fine dining out. So maybe that'll help you out today, gentlemen and kids. What makes moms feel appreciated? Hearing thank you and getting compliments. Sharing chores and childcare. Cards, gifts, and flowers, and breakfast in bed. And I would say, well, you've already missed the breakfast in bed opportunity, but if you're quarantining at home, you've got a lot of time to do that in the next few weeks. I found this stat, which I found very, very interesting, in moms you can put this in your repertoire and use it later. According to the insurer.com 2019 Mother's Day Index, the various tasks moms perform at home would be worth $71,297 up from $68,875,000 in 2018 a year. $71,297 a year in the professional world. Now moms, that was before you started homeschooling this year, a lot of you. Your salary may have doubled this year. And some of you are saying, no matter what it's worth, I'm ready to stop doing it, right? Another thing I found out was more calls are made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year. Approximately 122 million calls are made on the second Sunday of May. So don't forget to call your mom. And finally... Mother's Day is the busiest day of the year for restaurants. Now, we're in a weird place this year. According to the National Restaurant Association, in 2018, about 87 million adults made plans to go to a restaurant for Mother's Day. Now, that may not apply this year, but at least go get her takeout somewhere, gentlemen, this year. That's Mother's Day. I showed you that to say we, we really like to try to take care of our moms at least one day of the year. But as I close out this connection series, I can tell you what every mom would like to have this year. Not something for just one day. Here's what they would like to have. How about a year-round connection? You said, what do you mean by a year-round connection? I mean, here's what your mom would really like to have. Most moms I know would love to have this. She would like to have peace in the family, She would like to have relationships that are thriving. She would like to have a marriage that was um, zing, let me say it that way. She would love it if those in her life could connect in the way God wanted and meant for them to connect. So let's do a connection reflection today. What I want to do is close out this series with some biblical advice on how to connect. Now, so far, these sermons I have, I have said, take your Bible and turn to a passage, and I've preached through a passage of Scripture, expository preaching we call it, textual preaching we may call it. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. Today, what I want to do, because I, I really couldn't decide where to go, today what I want to do is just take seven of my favorite connecting verses, and we're going to talk about how to connect with those around us. We're going to look at Old Testament and New Testament. We're going to see how to connect in friendships. We're going to see how to connect with our co-workers. We're going to see how to connect in our marriages. We're going to see how to connect with our families. And what are some things we can learn about relationship? And here's what I want you to to do during this sermon is do a connection reflection. What, What could be the problem in some of your connections? Let's go through this and evaluate ourselves. Let me give you seven ways you can do a connection reflection in your own life better. How do you connect better? How do we give mom that great gift of us connecting well in our families and those around us? Number one, here it is. Number one, how do I connect well? Make others better. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 27:17. iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. Now you've Probably you've been in church very long, you've heard that verse mentioned, and here's the context. Iron was used to sharpen iron. A sword is sharpened by a file. An axe is sharpened by a file. A knife is sharpened by a file. Metal sharpens metal. And so here's what the proverb is saying. Two things of similar material hardness and quality will sharpen one and make one better. And the writer of Proverbs is trying to tell us this, that also applies to friendships. That also applies to connections. That also applies to relationship, meaning a good connection in your life is a connection that makes you stronger, a connection that makes both of you better, a connection that makes both of you godly. See, if you want a good connection or a good relationship, be the kind of person that makes others better. And can we just be truthful? Some relationships make you worse. Some connections make others worse. Some connections pull you farther away from God. Some connections, you are worse when you're leaving their presence. Some connections, your thinking is skewed when you get away from them. Some people, your mood is depressed when you leave them. Listen, can I tell you something? Don't be that person. Don't be the person that you leave people more depressed and more discouraged when. And by the way, don't, don't hang out with those people. You know, there are basically two kinds of people in life. There are those people in your life... That when you see them, you say, praise God, here they come. And then there's other people in your life that when you see them, you say, praise God, there they go. What kind are you? When people see you coming, do they say, praise God, here they come? Or do they say, praise God, I can't wait for them to go? The difference is some connections make you better, some make you worse. Some fill you with energy, some drain your energy. Some encourage you, some discourage you. Some give, some take. The choice of which one you'll be is up to you. It's time to do a connection and reflection. Let me ask you, are you the kind of person that makes others around you better? A few days ago, we were Celebrating my uh, birthday, I'm almost in my forties, and we were celebrating my birthday the other day. And Sherry had bought me this this pie. It's what I wanted for my dessert—a a pie, uh, a certain pie you get in frozen section. It's just it's what I picked out this year. It's what I was craving. And so uh, we sat down to eat it on my birthday that night. And I looked at my daughter Michaela. She was over at the refrigerator, and she had taken Hershey syrup and she was uh, squeezing out some chocolate syrup on her dessert. And I said. Um, Hey, what are you doing over there? Are you putting syrup on it? And she looked at me and she said, Hey, Dad, chocolate syrup makes all desserts better. And I agreed with her. And can I tell you this? Some people are like chocolate syrup. to make everybody better. Some people are like a cup full of vinegar. That make everybody cringe. Ask yourself, do you make the people around you better? Do you lift them up? Do you encourage them? Do you bless them? Do you give to them? Or are you a downer, a discourager, and a taker? You need to be that person who makes others better, and you need to have the people around you who will make you better. And listen, when you're the kind of person that makes others better, you have no problem making connections with friends, family, family. In those around you. Number one, make others better. Number two, be there through the thick and the thin. Proverbs 17:7 seven says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. Th- those two, uh, those two uh, lines are synonymous, that friend and brother are used interchangeably there in the scripture. A good relationship is one where you are there in the good and there in the bad, the fun and the fearful, the climb up and the fall down. You know what makes make most mamas happy is to know her family is going to be there for one another no matter what. I mean, we all like being invited to a party, right? But few show up when the going gets tough. And here's the charts from the Bible. Yes, love when times are good, but also love when times are bad. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. That is a friend. That is a real family member. When everyone is walking out, a friend is walking in there through the good times and there through the bad times. We still don't have any baseball Man, I'm, I'm just, I'm depressed about no, no church live, no baseball live. Baseball is one of those hard sports that, that if your team is out of it by June, there's still more than half the season to go. And when, when your team is really, really bad, you see a lot of fans disappear early on in the season and ticket sales go down. But not so with one Braves fan. Last year, the Braves... Uh, Lost a legend in a guy named T.W. Lord. He's the guy there on the left. He passed away on July 4, 2019. And according to the Marietta Daily Journal, he held the record for the Braves' longest season ticket holder. Since 1969, he had been a ticket season holder for 51 seasons. 51 seasons. He died when he was 91. Let me tell you what went on during those 51 seasons. During those 51 seasons, the Braves had 21 losing seasons. In those 51 seasons, they had 30 seasons when they did not make the playoffs. Not only that, they had 13 times they made the playoffs and lost the first series in the playoffs. So basically... They went 43 seasons out of the 51 were pretty bad seasons. And in that time, they won World 1 World Series. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Braves fan. I love the Braves team, but you know how it goes. There are a lot of people that are fans when they're going, well, there, there were a lot of fans this year. Not, not a lot of fans those T.W. Lord was there through the thick and the thin. You, don't have a, you want to have a strong relationship and your family, friends, coworkers, church members, run to them in difficult times and be there through the thick and the thin. Number three, you want to do a connection reflection. Boy, this is a convicting verse. Number three, put others first. Here's what the Bible says in Philippians 2.3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Paul lists two negative attitudes to eliminate and one positive attitude to cultivate for relationships. The, The Greek stating of that verse says this, neither selfish ambition nor conceit. The addition of a verb of action, do nothing, Indicates the phrase has a moral imperative to it. That is, you are to value others above yourselves, to place the needs of others first in your personal agenda. That word above there in the Greek means to surpass or excel. When Paul uses the word in his encouragement to value others above yourself, to consider others more important than yourself, he's not counseling readers to beat themselves up or put themselves down. He is urging them to build others up and lift others up. The focus is on the negative, not on the negative, but on the positive. Let the needs of others surpass yours. Put them in first place. Give them the place of honor. Respect them. Listen to them. Speak about them. Serve them. Strengthen them. Encourage them. The attitude definitely applies in relationships, family, marriages, friendships, strangers. Can I I just give a personal testimony that I am blessed beyond measure to be married to the person who embodies this verse? My wife puts others above herself. She puts her family above herself. She lifts them up above herself. And people are drawn to her. You know why? That's her verse. What kind of witness would we be for Christ if we didn't go around demanding things be our way? Complaining when we don't like something? What if we went around and gave everybody the benefit of a doubt? See, the opposite of this verse is pride in God pride. You want the room to light up when you walk in it? Be the person, you want to be the person who everyone loves the most? Then do what Philippians 2, 3 says, in humility, value others. More important than yourself. I'll, I'll ask you this question. What draws a crowd? A crying baby or a laughing baby? Like, nothing against crying babies. Like, I get it. Babies cry. That's what they do. But you go into Walmart let there be a crying baby. You know what people do? They scatter. You hear a baby laughing. People will pull their buggy over just to kind of listen to a baby laugh because it's so enjoyable. Crying baby tends to drive people away. A Laughing baby tends to draw them in. Can I tell you, it's even worse when you're grown. You know why a baby normally cries? Is because it's not getting its way. Do you know what adults? Well, probably don't need to go there. But one reason relationships go sour is that we tend to drift into selfish behavior. We're worried about our rights, our feelings, our wants, our desires that never builds a good relationship. Put others first Put your wife first and watch how bad, better your marriage gets. Put your husband first and watch how better your marriage gets. Put your parents first, teenagers and what? Watch how better your relationships get. Get your Put your coworkers first at the job and watch how better your connections get. It goes on and on. I love this verse in Proverbs. It says this. Many seek a ruler's favor and everyone is a friend of one who gives gifts. You say, well, I don't have anything to give people. No, no listen. You don't have to give them a material item. If you give them the gift, Philippians 2 3, valuing them above yourself, you'll have better connections and more friends and more people who love you than you can possibly imagine. Point number four you want to have good connections as we do a connection reflection. Number four, carry the load. Galatians 6.2 says this, carry one another's burdens in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. The term burdens there, according to that, the definition of the word could mean physical burdens, emotional burdens, mental burdens, financial burdens, moral burdens, spiritual burdens. See, the Christian community should not be known for kicking the wounded. We should be marked by mercy and grace and are willing to get up under the load with others who are burdened down. We tend to want to add to a burden instead of lighten the burden. Hey, men, men, let me ask you. Men, how many times have you seen your wife burdened down and done nothing to help her out? Ladies, how many times have you seen your man weighed down and done nothing to help her out? Hey, Teenagers? How many times have you seen your parents burdened and added to the burden instead of lightening the load? How many times have you seen a, a worker at your plant or in your office who desperately needed Jesus burdened down and you did nothing to lighten the load? You want to be like Jesus? Then carry the load of someone. Can I tell you this? No, no greater connection you'll find in life than when two people are under the same burden or under the same load. You'll make a friend faster helping them carry. You'll repair a relationship faster than anything else you could do by helping them carry the load. As you do a connection reflection, let me ask you, just think about your own life. When was the last time you helped someone carry a burden? Maybe right now God's bringing somebody to your mind who's under a tremendous burden. And now may be a time for you just to pull along beside them and say, what can I help do to lighten your load? Number five, as we do a connection reflection, number, number five is this. Speak no ill. Here's what, here's what James said. James one of the most practical books in all the Bible. He says, don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters, Boom. That word James uses for criticize or slander means to slander someone when they're not there to defend themselves, defend themselves. The word slanders, the sin of slander is condemned all throughout the Bible. The psalmist talked about it in Psalm chapter 50. He said, you sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. He says in Psalm 101 that him who slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Paul listed among the sins which are the characteristics of the unredeemed pagans of the world. And it's one of the sins that he wrote to the church at Corinth about that he told them to stop. Can I say this? Nothing will sever a connection or relationship more than when you speak ill of someone. I read an article in the New York Times about uh, how people responded What happens when parents are rude in the hospital was the title of the article. And a researcher at Tel Aviv University investigated and simulated crisis scenarios in a neonatal ICU. And so actors were posing as parents around uh, the childcare, and they were giving feedback to the medical staff. For example, one rude actor in the study played a mother and here's what she said out loud enough for the whole medical staff to hear. She said, I knew we should have gone to a better hospital where they didn't practice third world medicine. And here's what the research concluded, that mild unpleasantness was enough to negatively impact the performance of doctors and nurses. As a matter of fact, one wrong word spoken negatively affected care for the rest of the day. And here's what the organizers concluded, that rudeness explained more error than the levels of error that had been shown to come from sleep deprivation. Because somebody was rude to someone else. Slander and gossip will kill your relationship. Let I mean, ask question, do you pull others down in order to lift yourself up? Do you love to talk about others behind their back? Here's what builds connections. Speak no ill and you'll make mama happy. And your connections will be better too. Have you ever been around those persons, my my wife and I occasionally get around a person and here's what we say about them. Man, they don't say a negative word about anybody. And you know what we always say about that person? Man, I love that. Be that kind of person. Number six, if you do a connection reflection, here's what you need to do to make your connections better. Forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. Bearing with one another and one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to forgive. Can I tell you when there is a serious relationship, there will be friction. I know you're shocked by that. But if you get married, there's going to be friction. If you have a friend, there's going to be friction. If you have relatives, there's going to be a friction. It's not possible for it to be otherwise. If you're in a serious relationship, there will be hurts, disappointment, offenses, emotional pain. Anyone looking for a serious relationship of any kind without those things is delusional. Pain comes through relationships. You say, well, that's not very encouraging. No, but... But listen, if forgiveness is the keystone characteristic of our relationship with God, which is what Paul says in Colossians 3.13, then it has to be the keystone characteristics of our relationships with one another. Paul said, you forgive the same way God forgave you. Why is it we're so keen on Jesus' love, kindness, grace, and mercy, but we check out in practical application when it gets to forgiveness. Take it a minute and do a connection reflection in your own life. Who do you need to forgive? Stop hiding behind clouded language and reasoning and do what Jesus would do. And forgive. And number seven, and I'm finished. As we do a connection reflection in your life, know this, the golden rule is still golden. Jesus said in Luke 6, just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Jesus sums it all up in the golden rule. As you wish men should do to you, do so to them. It is a principle that governs all of life. If anyone lives by this, he needs very little else. Do you know this, that the, the negative form is found all over pre-Christian writings. The negative form, don't do to others what you don't want to. The negative form of it is found all in pre- but no one until Jesus had stated it in its positive form. See, it's not enough just to not do bad. Jesus said, be active in well-doing. You want good relationships? You want good connections? Then apply the golden rule to your life and be active in doing good to others and your connections will be better. Bernard Rimland did a fascinating study on the golden rule. He was the director of the Institute for Child Behavior Research and Rimland found this, the happiest people are those who help others. Each person involved in the study was asked to list 10 people he knew uh, 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 to list 10 people he knew best and to label them as happy or not happy. So, write down 10 people you know best and label them as happy or not happy. Then they were to go through the list again and label each one as selfish or unselfish. Now here was the definition of selfishness. A tendency to devote one's time and resources to your own interests and in welfare unwilling an unwillingness to Inconvenience yourself for others. That's how they defined selfishness. So in categorizing the results, here's what Rimlin found, that all of the people who were labeled happy were also labeled unselfish. He wrote this, that those whose activities are devoted to bringing themselves to happiness are far less likely to be happy than those who were devoted themselves to bring, making others happy. And he concluded the golden rule is still true. It's still golden. Doing the others as you would have them doing to you. And even your lives will be happy. And can I say this? Even your connections will be happy. And even your mama will be happy. Here they are. Do a connection reflection in your own life. Do you make others better? Are you there through the thick and thin do you put others first? Do you help people carry the load? Do you speak no ill but speak favor and good? Do you forgive quickly? And are you living by the golden rule? That's not just going to make mama happy. That's going to make everybody happy. The connection, reflection. Now, if you're here today and you do not listening and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's nothing that would make mama more happy than you knowing Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life that starts with a simple ABC formula. Here it is. A, admit that you're a sinner and cannot save yourself. You can't earn your way to heaven, work your way to heaven, buy your way into heaven, give your way into heaven, do good enough to get to heaven. The Bible said that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is me and that is you. And you have to admit that. B, after you've admitted that, you must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again on the third day we call that the gospel story he died for your sins and he rose again so you could have victory in this life and in the next so if you admit that and you believe that and most of you are already there but you've not done C—that that is confess him as lord and savior of your life the bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved so i want to ask you today if you're watching and you don't know jesus as your savior but you'd like to know him as savior whether you're watching in your television, in your living room, on your phone, at work, in the car, wherever you may be, let me just pray this prayer with me. It doesn't have to be this exact prayer, but the intent of your heart is to trust Jesus. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've done wrong and I can't earn my way into heaven, but I know that Jesus died on the cross, so I don't have to earn my way into heaven. He paid the price, and he rose again after three days. So just now, I invite Christ into my life to forgive me of my sin, to save me, and give me a home in heaven. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, and you meant that, you're born again. And I want you to let us know that because we've got some material we're going to send to you in the mail, and all I want you to do is take your phone into the number ninety seven thousand. Text the word I did. Where you normally put a phone number, just type in nine seven zero zero zero, and down in the body of the text, just put in I did, no spaces. I-D-I-D. I did. We're gonna send you some material that'll help you know the next steps, seven steps you need to take in the Christian life. And you're not gonna know them unless we send you this stuff in all probability. So let us, let us send it to you. Just text I did 97000. Then do me a favor, if your mom is living, go call mom and tell her what you did. Nothing will make her happier. Hey, thank you for tuning in on this Mother's Day. We're thrilled you joined us online. Hope you're having a great Mother's Day. I know I'm thankful for my mother. I'm thankful for my wife who has honestly been the best possible mother my kids could have had, now my grandchild has as a grandmother. I'm thankful for my daughter, who's a great mother. Listen, be thankful wherever you are. If your mother's still living, thank, thank her for all she's done. Love you, p Can't wait till we can meet again together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for those this morning that trusted you as the Lord and Savior of their lives. Thank you for our moms. Thank you for mine. Thank you for my wife who's done such a fantastic job of raising our children and being a blessing to our home. Lord, I thank you for all the moms out there today and I just pray you put your favor upon them. And Lord, I pray that you, again, Lord, end this soon so we can meet back together. But until then, we pray through for our online services that you'll advance your kingdom, you'll advance the gospel and may great things be done in our midst. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we ask all this. Amen.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.